بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to Unlocking Hearts a program in Ramadan wherein we reflect about the Quran because we do not want to be from among those who have locks upon their hearts and that's the choice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us Today we speak about juz number seven, insha'Allah ta'ala. And in this juz, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins the juz with verse number 83 of Surah Al-Ma'idah and ends the verse, uh, ends the, the juz with verse number 110 of Surah Al-An'am. So the juz begins by recognizing that many of the people of the book were righteous and sincere. They recognized the message of Islam as being the same as that of the previous prophets and accepted it. This was specifically true for a group of Christians and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions them in the Quran that you will certainly find nearest in affection towards the believers those who say we are Christians. This is because among them are priests and monks and they are not arrogant. And when they hear what was revealed to the Prophet wasallam, you see their eyes overflowing with tears as they recognize the truth in it. They say, Oh our Lord, we have believed, so count us, count us among the witnesses. One of the greatest examples of this was Najashi. And we know that he was the ruler of Abyssinia and the Prophet ﷺ, at the time, we call this the first hijrah, sent some believers to take refuge in Abyssinia because there was a righteous king there and they were referring to, of course, a Najashi. He was a just Christian king who sheltered the Muslims and when the verses of Surah Maryam were recited to him in his court, his priests began to weep as described in this verse and also uh, this is well, well transmitted in the seerah. So Najashi secretly accepted Islam and the Prophet ﷺ prayed Janazah for him in his absence uh, when he passed away. So he's an exemplary example of a sincere believer. We ask that Allah make us all sincere believers. As the core theme of Surah Al-Ma'idah include the laws of Islam, many of these laws are detailed in this juz. This includes the law of the kafara. Now kafara refers to the Islamic methodology of making up for a broken oath. If you make an oath and you break that oath, or you have to break that oath for some reason or the other, there is a way to expiate for that broken oath. It is part of the ease of Islam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us uh, this particular way out when we make oaths that we later realize we are unable to fulfill. This is also followed by the prohibition of alcohol and gambling. And we know that, you know, drinking alcohol and consuming intoxicants in general, as well as gambling, is haram. And many people would even attest to the fact that it's clearly harmful, so therefore you need to abstain from it. But what's very, very important is to notice also the wisdom in how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited it over time. And over and above the wisdom is the fact that sometimes we can actually perceive the reason for why something is prohibited or why Islam declares it harmful. But at other times, we don't necessarily understand. We don't see the wisdom because Allah perhaps didn't inform us of the wisdom or because we haven't educated ourselves yet about that. But does that mean that we can just discard the law and say, well, these laws are archaic and draconic and you need to get rid of it? No. Just because we don't understand the wisdom doesn't give us license to reject the law entirely. 
So with regards to intoxicants and gambling, Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, O believers, Hurrimat alaykumul maytatu wa damu wa lahmul khinzir. That uh, what is prohibited for you, and this comes in various verses in the Quran, right? So in Surah Ma'idah, again it is repeated, O oh, you believe, intoxicants, innama al-khamru wal-maysiru wal-ansabu wal-azlamu rijisu min amli shaitan. This was like the ultimate prohibition because now intoxicants, gambling, idolatry, and divination with arrows, these are all abominations of shaitan, of Satan's handiwork. Avoid them entirely so that you may prosper. Then the next verse actually explains the reason for this prohibition. And this time it's something that we can perceive. Satan wants to provoke strife and hatred among you through intoxicants and gambling and to prevent you from the remembrance of Allah and from your salah. And then Allah asks the question, will you not desist? And it is mentioned that when this verse was finally, uh, you know, hit the nail in the coffin as far as prohibiting alcohol is concerned, that the believers were so ready to make this move that they discarded all the, the alcohol that was present in Medina and the streets were flowing with it. And that was, of course, the last time that, that such a scene uh, would be recorded in, his, in history about uh, the believers doing this in Medina. Now, again, that doesn't give us license to just discard laws that we don't understand. Sometimes Allah tells us, you know, cover up in a certain way or, you know, stay away from something that you really like. Okay. What then do we then say, well, um, I'm not harming anyone or it just doesn't matter. Studying the verses in this Jews and in the other ajazah that we've covered, especially that which contains the Madani Suwar, will really reveal that it's not just about the do's and the don'ts. One shouldn't only learn about the laws of Islam through fiqh. I think it's very important that we get a glimpse of how Allah communicates the prohibitions in this regard. Because in fiqh we get the cold, dry, do this, don't do that, this is halal, that's haram, you must do this, you mustn't do that. But when it comes to the way Allah speaks about it in the Quran, because it's, it's a holistic approach, it's spiritual, it's moving, it's logical, and it's beautiful in the way that it is stated, there we can actually get a much more holistic view as to why we should do something. And even if we don't understand that from the Quran, the way Allah brings it across, it just motivates one to abide by the law. I know when we studied the Quran for the very first time, many students who always knew that riba, you know, engaging in taking interest was haram. When they came across that verse in Surah Baqarah that speaks about Allah waging war upon those who don't desist, that day everyone just suddenly became aware of the fact that riba is an abomination and they should abstain from it. So in this way, I would actually encourage everyone to read the entire Quran and understand it in its meaning for the sake of the laws as well. Even though we don't learn our ahkam in its totality from the Quran, the Quran is the basis of our fiqh and Allah knows best. So with many laws revealed in the surah, some believers may experience anxiety about their past sins. Right? To comfort them, Allah revealed that he does not hold people accountable for the sins that they committed before Islam or before the law was revealed. And Allah mentions those who believe and they do righteous deeds, they will not be blamed for what they may have eaten, provided that they obey and believe and do righteous deeds. Then they maintain piety and faith. Then remains righteous and charitable. Allah loves those who are charitable. 
So there was a lot of misunderstanding about that verse as well, you know. Does that mean we just need to make sure we do good deeds generally and we are good people and then it doesn't matter what we eat? So no, that just means that if you did something in the past and you want to move forward, you don't have to carry that baggage with you because it's in the past and if you turn to Allah in Tawbah, Allah will remove that from you. So there are many verses about law in these uh, suar, in this juz especially, and the verses tend to be longer. And I've explained in yesterday's episode that this was because the believers were ready to really just accept whatever laws came their way. But this gives us an opportunity to take a very special lesson as well. Believers prepared for 13 years to increase their faith and love Allah and believe in their after and become convinced of it. Then they really were ready to accept any and every law that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, sent to them. However, we do know that we jump to the study of fiqh the moment we decide we want to study Islam. And that's not always the best of ideas. Yes, we must all learn our fiqh. But I think it's very important that we have the right nurturing, that we have the right preparation and spirituality that sets the tone for when we study fiqh. And then the laws become very practical and very real very, very quickly. So that was a longish overview today. And now we can look at the verse that we chose for this particular chapter, for this particular juz of the Qur'an, uh, particularly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ لِمَنْ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ Say to who belongs whatever is in the heavens, والأرض, and the earth. قُلْ لِلَّهِ Say only to Allah. كَتَبَ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ الرَّحْمَةِ He has written mercy for himself. لَيَجْمَعَنَّكُمْ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ He will most certainly gather you on the day of Qiyamah for the judgment. لا ريب في there's absolutely no doubt in that. الذين خسروا أنفسهم those who lose themselves فهم لا يؤمنون and they do not believe. This verse contains so much even though without the context of the verses that come before it and the verses that come after it it may not immediately strike us as a verse that you know contains profound meaning. But what I really want to focus on is the idea of submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and submitting to the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah knows much better than we do. When you get to this realization where you don't just obey Islam when it's convenient and you don't just follow the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam when and wherever we find it to be convenient but you wholeheartedly submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you understand that Allah is in charge of the heavens and the earth and everything in between. And that by submitting to him, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal, you gain access to the treasures that he has. But by holding on to your own nafs desire, your own, your own nafs's desire, for lack of a better way of saying that, you are potentially depriving yourself and you will be, hold, you will be held accountable by Allah on the day of Qiyamah. But then this verse reminds us that that same Allah who will hold you accountable on the day of Qiyamah, he remains that Allah who has selected Rahmah, mercy, as his ultimate quality. And this we so, we so often remember because of Surah Al-Fatiha. Allah introduces himself to us in this way, reminding us that he is the most merciful, the especially merciful. And then finally, in this particular verse, the fact that Allah rem reminds us by saying, Qul, say to them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Liman, to who? 
to who belongs, what is in the heavens and what is in the earth. Why are we pursuing the things when we instead should be pursuing the owner of the things, the master of the things, the creator of those things? Let's take some time to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dua and ask Allah to remove our attachments to the dunya and worldly desire and place before that our desire for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, we ask you in this blessed month of Ramadan to cleanse our hearts of false love, cleanse our heart of the harmful love of material things. Oh Allah, bring to us a realization that we can never be satisfied with what the world has to offer, even though that which the world has to offer may be permissible for us. Oh Allah, prioritize the love we have in our hearts so that we love you beyond anything and everyone else. Oh Allah, pour the love of you and the love of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam into our hearts, minds and souls. Oh Allah, we ask that you make us from among those who love your deen, who love your Quran, who love the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Make us from among those who understand that by loving you we have everything and by, by being deprived of your love we have absolutely nothing even though it may seem to us that we in fact have something. Oh Allah, allow us to see the world for what it is. Oh Allah, allow us to see and know the world you're after for what it is. Oh Allah, as those amazing people in the Quran, those Christians who then became true believers even in your last and final messenger, as they shed tears when the Quran was recited unto them because they recognized the truth. Oh Allah, we ask that you make us from among those who recognize the truth. Oh Allah, make us from among those who are moved by the Qur'an. Ya Allah, allow our hearts to skip a beat when we hear the Qur'an. Oh Allah, make us fall in love with the Qur'an. Oh Allah, allow us to see the beauty in the Qur'an, that we may love it and that we may love you because of it and through it and by it and for it. Oh Allah, make us from among those who are, who are 100% dedicated to the learning, teaching, studying, memorizing and living of the Qur'an. Oh Allah, make us examples of how the Qur'an brings guidance and light to your creation. Oh Allah, forgive us of all of our sins and accept our fasting from us, accept our Ramadan from us, accept our taraweeh from us, accept our recitation of the Qur'an from us and accept our reflection of the Qur'an. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, we ask that you accept all of our du'as and supplications. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin al-Nabiyy al-Ummi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallam. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته